words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Child in the manger, child in the manger, not in my shopping centre. A disturbing headline in the Times newspaper on Tuesday read like this, hostile secularists throw out nativity scenes. Hostile secularists throw out nativity scenes. And the debate unfolded in the article. Many retail outlets, it said, have a Santa's grotto or a winter exhibition, but not a representation of the birth of Christ. Only four Scottish shopping centres have nativity scenes. For example, Thistle's shopping centre in Stirling claimed that consumers did not wish to be subjected to an individual organisation's beliefs. It had refused to host a nativity scene so that it could remain religiously and politically neutral and avoid offending customers. However, said the article, after pressure from churches, the shopping centre apologised and put up a nativity scene. Father Andrew Kingham, the parish priest at St Mary's Church in Stirling, said, There are those who want to keep Christ out of Christmas, and that is a challenge we Christians have to meet. Who should have thought mangers would be so controversial? It used to be rampant commercialism that was thought to be the great threat to a a genuine, authentic experience of Christmas. And preachers, the length and breadth of the land, used to bang on about how corrosive the effect of unbridled commercialism was on a true encounter with the simple miracle that is Christmas. But it would seem there is a new enemy at the gate Another force out there that seems determined to undermine, spoil, rob us of a true meeting with the mystery and the wonder of Christmas. And that enemy is political correctness. You must have come across examples of it in recent weeks. Those who shake their heads in disbelief and dismay and say it's political correctness gone mad. For example, did you read about the school in Stoke Poges where the children were not allowed to wear tinsel to the school dance in case they strangled each other with it? Strong tinsel indeed. But the slightest possibility of danger must be avoided. Fear of litigation abounds. And then there are all the education committees and councils, in Scotland at least, who refused to allow parents to take photographs or videos of the school nativity play in case the photographs get into the wrong hands and end up in some paedophile website. Judith Gillespie of the Scottish Parent Teacher Council described it thus. This is part, she said, of the creeping paranoia about the safety of children. We need to get back to some sense of normality. And what it means is that Granny, who couldn't get to the school nativity play because of her arthritis, 
is barred from seeing the photographs of wee Jeannie dressed as Mary, fulfilling a lifetime's ambition. And wee Davy looking shy and embarrassed as a, a gnarled shepherd, a, a tea towel perched precariously on his head. Pages forever missing from the family album. And on top of this, we had the Red Cross telling staff they couldn't put up advent calendars in their shops. Hospitals refusing to distribute free CDs of Christmas songs because they mentioned the baby Jesus. How awful. No Christmas decorations at job centres. No carol singers at Carlton Lane Shopping Centre in West Yorkshire, where they've been doing it for the last seven years, but no more. The reason given, apparently, they constitute a fire hazard. No, really. And then there's the whole issue of Christmas cards. Under another headline, more JC and less PC, please. A Scottish newspaper discussed the question as to whether the Prime Minister should send Christmas cards that say Happy Christmas or opt for something less robust. Season's greetings, happy holidays. In case anyone from another world faith would be offended. Now the interesting irony in all this is that it's not the people of faith who get offended by someone else's journey, but the people of no faith who in the pursuit of some kind of sanitized, secular humanism make it all seem so much more confrontational and belligerent than it ever was or would be. But in the interest of some kind of spurious notion of neutrality, nothing is allowed to be said by anyone about anything. And men and women of goodwill get a little frustrated by all this bending over backwards in the pursuit of political correctness. And the net effect of it is to run the risk of robbing us of reality. And there was plenty of reality around back then, back then, in the pain and risk of childbirth, in the cold slammed door of rejection, with danger and mess and animals and strangers and the first squawk of life piercing the night. There was nothing politically correct about an unmarried mother and the gossip and the glances about a fiancé whose world fell apart, thrown into chaos by his girlfriend telling him that she was pregnant and he wasn't the father. And the threat and slaughter perpetrated by anxious Herod with cruel brutality, protective of his power. That was all too real, all too uncomfortable. And just as real, and just as in your face, is the challenge the child brought to the world. The message of hope he bore. The commitment to undying love for us that he made. And that reality touched the world. For all his inauspicious beginnings, touched the world with truth and light and gave it new possibilities. And it's also true and it's also real that when we come here, sometimes almost too real, when we come to the stable, when we let the story reach into our hearts and stir up things that were long forgotten, 
and address our mind with something special and deep, we know that we're encountered by truth. And we don't want anyone to steal that away from us and give us instead some kind of sanitized Christmas that neither moves us nor shocks us. Some kind of bland Christmas that allows us to leave the stable untouched, undisturbed, because it's all been so friendly. It is disturbing. It should unsettle us that God is with us in a manner so intimate and personal and so dangerous and so risky. We ought to leave that experience filled with wonder, shaking our heads, aware that the life of this child is important for my life. Somehow that we can't explain, but we we can't just walk away from it with a, a shrug. It is a matter of great matter. And those instinctive stirrings of the spirit, if they trouble us, then that's good. We should be troubled. He came to shake up our complacencies, dare us to live his life, to walk his way. So to blazes with political correctness, we're going to do it right. We're going to let our hearts be moved and the tears flow when we sing still the night in the candlelight. And we're going to let ourselves get in touch with things that maybe were once important to us but have got lost in the bustle of life. And we wish they were still there. Well, when we come here, they come right back to us. And we will let go of our pride as we kneel with the shepherds before the Lord, the King of glory, lying in a manger. For decades, the church has dealt with the attack of the tacky. All the bright lights and tinsel and wrapping. But we're also going to resist the attack of the wacky. We will go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has been told us. And no one is going to take that moment from us. We will not allow other people to say, listen, you can have winter, but you can't have Christmas. What we can, we will give him. What we can, we will give him. Give our heart. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hearing the voices. A little story about this. When I came to Geneva to meet the vacancy committee, the nominating committee, they invited me to take a service here in, in, in the auditoire, and it was going really well till my phone rang in the middle of it. And they still gave me the job, so it's amazing. So let's bring our prayers for the world. Let us all pray. Lord, we try to pretend that all is well. We allow ourselves to think that everything is fine, everyone is fine. 
We have to believe our optimistic propaganda. But really we know all is not well. All is not well with the world. With how society works. In individual lives. In our life. So Lord we come with our heartfelt prayers. For the things that lie beneath the surface. The success that is fragile and the vulnerability that haunts and dogs people. The relationships that seem fine on the outside but are actually broken. The smile that appears to be strong and genuine but only half hides the hurting and the anxiety and the failure. Lord, a saviour is still needed. Needed now as much as ever. For a world full of big question marks. Countries unable to find peace. Leaders adrift and overwhelmed by challenges and problems too complex to handle. Uncertainties at every turn. Lord, when you sent a saviour into the world... The world did not want to welcome him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. Save us from shutting the door of our heart to his healing, to his love. Lord, teach us that with him in our story, our story is transformed. Our way of seeing everything shifts and we find that we are not alone and we can confess our weakness and our mistakes and find forgiveness and hope in his big love. This is why you came, Lord, to bring love where there was no love, to bring peace where there was no peace. To bring joy where there was no joy. So come into our story, Lord. Saviour of the world. Amen. We sing our final carol, 305, a prayer beautifully expressed in Christina Rossetti's poem, In the Bleak Midwinter, 305.
So go in peace, brothers and sisters, in the Lord. And the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be upon us and those we love this day and forevermore. Thank you.